Welcome to Camera Shake Podcast, episode 54, the podcast where we talk about photography, video, how to make photos, how to make videos and anything or everything that's got anything to do with any of that. Today, we have another special guest. In fact, she's been on not once, but twice before. Please welcome Hannah Cousins back to the show. <laughs> how are you, Hannah? Thank you, guys. Oh, my gosh, that's right. <laughs> if only people are so sick of me, it's the third time I'm on. <laughs> I forgot about that. I was like, oh, yeah, that's right. That was the third time. But like, thank you so much for having me back, guys. It's always so much fun speaking to you. So thank you very much for having me again. And apologies, listeners, if you're sick of the sight of me and the sound of me. But I'm here. <laughs> well, thanks. Thanks for coming on. Because, I mean, a lot has happened since the last time uh, you were on the show. Because I remember originally we spoke to you last. I mean, this this really is like almost a year ago like mm. i'd say i want to say about the first time you came on the show was probably about what 10 months ago or something i think the first time something yeah. like that yeah and then when we went into the second lockdown in the uk we made a video where we talked to yourself and, and a number of other photographers um about how to deal with being in lockdown oh, and yeah. how to kind of prepare for it mentally you know how to kind of safeguard your business how to get over that uh, fear and everything um yeah and that was, uh, you know, and, and, and now we're in lockdown three. Oh, it just makes you want to cry. Isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> so, oh. How have the, how have the, uh, the last kind of four months been for you? Ah, oh, I mean, you know, I'm like, guys, I'm brutally honest. And I have, I have hated it. I have hated every single minute of it. I just, I don't know why I just found this one really hard I found I think I think most people that I've spoken to have said the same probably a mixture of things of you know I think being over winter and there was a time where we didn't really see an end to it I think it was like we didn't know there was so much that was unknown we had no idea when we were going to go back to work there was a vaccine but no one really knew it was it working is it doing what it should it was all these unknowns and I just found it really, really tough. I had a horrible time. Um, just, I just don't know. I don't know what it was, but I just really felt like this time around, I was like, wow, I can really see how people's mental health is going to go down the drain in this one. Mm. Um, but it was kind of last summer, I think we said before, it was kind of a bit easier because the you know, weather was good and we were sort of partially for a short amount of time. It was a novelty. This time around, it was just bang. So for us, um, it all happened. Like, so in total, it's been four months inside um, and 16, 16 weeks of being totally inside because we went from where my studio was, we suddenly went into uh, tier four. Um, Mm-hmm. So it's weird. So where I lived, which is only half an hour away, was tier three, but the studio was tier four. So of course, couldn't go to work. Um, and then like two days later, tier four happened. And so we were in tier four before the national lockdown as well. So mm. uh, like, yeah, before it was before it was everywhere. So Oh, it was, it's just felt never ending. Um, but that said, I mean, you, know, you kind of have days where it just, I mean, I'm so glad we did what we did. And uh yeah, we'd sort of prepped ourselves uh, ourselves with work to do, um, and that was without doubt a saviour for us. Um, but even with the work to do, even with something to work on, I just hated it. I just found it horrible, and I think everyone was so exhausted by it. You know, the kind of pub quiz games that you play before on Zoom, like everyone was just so tired of all of it. You know, I think everyone was just like... <laughs> yeah. 
ah, uh, you know, no one really know what to do. We didn't really know how to go. Uh, we certainly got nothing, um, no support from the government this time around whatsoever. So we were just hemorrhaging money, seeing studio rent going out for four months, not being out, paying for an empty room, not being able to use it, which is a responsible thing to do. Um, and just not having any help whatsoever, um, which is the same for most photographers. At least the first so, time around, it was easier. We got we got a grant. This yeah. time around, nada. So, so how did? Yeah. It, why wasn't there another grant in place uh, this time around? I don't know because unless I've done something like super wrong, um, but I, I just couldn't. That for some reason this time around, well, there's two, our situations changed slightly as well in that we moved mm. premises. So we're subletting. So I don't know whether that sort of falls under the category of we didn't qualify, but certainly mm. when I looked into it and con contacted the council, it was kind of like, oh no, there isn't any. I'm like, what? well, there was before. So why not now? So unless I've mm. you know, missed something or it means that our personal circumstances were, didn't qualify. Um, mm. Yeah, that's that's kind of how it was. But, you know, we just, you know, what can you do? You just have to suck it up and just hope that things get better. And um, But that's harder to do. It's harder to do when it's the middle of winter and everything feels very bleak and you don't know when it's going to end and you just see your money going, bye. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I don't, I don't know how that was for you, Nick, but I didn't expect it to last this long. I mean, it's... I did. Did you? Oh, yeah, you did. <laughs> Always yeah, I'm that, I'm that pessimistic, <laughs> insert whatever word you want to put there. You know, like 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 yourself, Hannah. I, I felt this was so much worse for some whatever reason. I think it's the like you say, all of the reasons you just said. But the two big ones I ended up landing on was that after the second lockdown, you felt like, oh, maybe we're finally going to come out of this and we're going to get back to a little bit of normality. You start thinking about, oh, I could do. I need to do that job. I can get that job. That what bit of work. That project. And then all of a sudden, at Christmas time, Yay. bang. <laughs> Bang. And that was a real, it was a punch in the gut. And yeah. I think that just, you know, it certainly set me back further than um, I perhaps was prior to that. And we had our 52nd episode um, recently, so a whole year in. And we were just talking, we me and Kirsten were talking about what our favorite episodes were, um, you know, bits and pieces like that. And I, one of my favorites was the one where we had yourself on, Tommy on. Um, Dan and so forth, talking about the second lockdown and things we can do to try and keep ourselves mm. sane, yeah. productive and get ourselves through it. And thinking back to that really has helped over this one. It really has. There's some great advice in there, not only for being in a lockdown, but general advice for keeping sane. Yeah, it was good. I mean, I, I definitely learned a lot from that too. It's great to hear from other people um, because sometimes you can, and I think that's the, the biggest problem here is that sometimes we all feel like it's, um, we all end up in our own, well, isolation because that's that's literally what it is. Um, and you, 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 you just sometimes get stuck in your own head or your own pattern and everything. But hearing from other people and what they do and how they cope and what they're up to, um, sometimes does just give you a little bit of an added insight and can give you some better ideas as to what to do with your time and things. So, um, yeah, I totally agree with that completely. Yeah. You know what I found extremely frustrating this time around in this? Uh, well, actually, there were two things. One, I remember uh, just before Christmas, um, Nick and me were due to go to London to spend a day just doing some street photography just for fun. Yeah. Uh, we had to abandon that idea because the COVID numbers were going through the roof in London. And so we went to Brighton instead. Right. And literally that was our last outing uh, before Christmas. And it was on the cards because the whole tier system had come in and uh -huh. things were like switching from tier three to tier four. And you could see it just all 
getting out of control, you know, yeah, everywhere. Sure. Um, and so I think, you know, we knew then that this was going to be the last time we we're going to be doing any of this for quite some time. Yeah. Um, so it was like, you know, you could see the, the black clouds on the horizon already. And that's kind of, it's sort of a menacing feeling when you think like, uh oh, this isn't going to yeah. go well. And, you know, you got Christmas coming up and you think that that's going to not help. hundred <laughs> percent. Oh, I was so yeah. I think that was, um, we were very fortunate with Christmas um, because uh, we were having some work done to the house and we had mm. to move, we moved in with my dad. Um, and, uh, you know, because because we just literally couldn't live here. And tier four was announced. And I can't tell you how lucky and grateful we were because we lost my mum last uh, February. And it, my dad would have had to, if we hadn't have moved in there just because of the circumstances, he would have been spending the first Christmas on his own without mm -hmm. his wife and no family. I mean, there's so and there's so many people that are in those positions. So we were so, in a weird way, we were so grateful that we had made that shift. Um, but but it's, there's so many stories like that, and it's just you're like, no, what? This was, you know, it's the right thing to do, so it doesn't it doesn't spread, but. How many people just must have had the worst Christmas ever? It's just, it was just a horrible, horrible time for everyone, yeah. I think. And lots of people were really struggling in their in their own ways for lots of different reasons too. Yeah. So um, yeah, I mean, I'm just I could not be happier that that is there. Yeah. <laughs> and I hope we never go back to that. Yeah, well, exactly. Yeah. You know, but the other thing that frustrated me greatly is is actually the fact that I discovered Clubhouse. Oh, okay. God. I, I tell you, I tell you why that's frustrated me greatly. Because uh, although I really, I kind of got into it, and you know, it's cool, it's fun. But you talk to all these other people, like these, you know, photographers, like in California or wherever, and they're like happily out shooting, and I'm sitting there going, uh. "You know nothing, guys." <laughs> Yeah. I know, I know. Well, this is really funny because my experience of Clubhouse is I downloaded the app and I've never used it and I have no idea what I'm doing. So <laughs> I, it's literally on my phone and I'm like, I don't even know how to use this thing. But yeah, so I didn't, I didn't, I never used yeah. that. But no, I understand that frustration as well. And I think um, it is quite, it's been quite difficult for us in the UK to really emphasize. I think we've had one of, one of the harshest lockdowns. Um, oh, for sure. And so I think trying to emphasize just how bad it's been, like sometimes I would speak to my friends around the world and they'll be like so um you're back to it i'm like what <laughs> yeah <laughs> like, exactly you're having a laugh right i'm like you have no idea i'm like no we can't leave the house they're like yeah but you can go out and see your friends i'm like no 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 no, no, no. Like, you just it's, it's nothing like that and yeah. so uh, yeah i think the but i think flipping that because rather than this turning into it, something completely negative although <laughs> we've had all had a horrible time yeah. i also think that somebody said to me they were like just think we're gonna be the people that got through it and I was like yeah do you know what that's true like how resilient are we actually you know when things like this actually happen you, sometimes it does make you realize or look at things a little differently and perhaps in the future when things are not perhaps going the way that we want them to maybe we'll look back on this time and go well at least it's not that bad <laughs> so I don't know it's very true do you feel uh, you know no one to keep it on problems and whatnot, but yeah, I think it's, it's it's good to know is that the last couple of weeks have been the busiest I've been in a year, right? Yeah. And do you know what I'm facing now? I'm now struggling to a deal with the amount of work, even though it's not 
fully busy you know and understanding how to deal with my time again i don't i've no longer got a concept of being really efficient getting things done knowing that i'm going to do this today that tomorrow that on wednesday i'm finding that really really hard so now i'm just making myself exhausted (laughs) right Uh, yeah oh sorry if i'm distracted some massive massive wasp has just flown in right (laughs) And it just came in and then it flew out the window and I was like, I'm just going to shut the window, guys. And it's back in here again. I oh, no. can't even think about coming over here. If you start seeing me wallop something, then it's <laughs> it's about to die. Okay, this is, hold on two seconds. Don't you start trying to get in out. You Don't wake it up. But no, I totally hear you, Nick. It's like, I was thinking to myself, I was like, okay, so uh, this isn't going to be normal. We've got a new space and stuff like that. So it's, um, thank God, because it's we've now got the space to social distance. It's huge in there, which is fantastic. I was thinking, okay, I need to leave enough time. Uh, I need to clean down. Um, I've done this before. I did this last summer, but now, uh, right, now what am I going to do? And uh, and you're right, Nick. Suddenly you're like, okay, uh, right, when am I going to have that turned around by it? Because I don't know about you, but my clients have certainly been waiting, waiting, waiting. And now it's like, go, we need this tomorrow. So there's one thing shooting it. There's another thing turning it round in the time frame that they actually want. So I'm like, okay, back to it. Right. Okay. Right. I've now got to be in that headspace of juggling everything again. Mm. So it is suddenly like, it's not a gradual ease in. You're right. I, I, have you had the same question? It, my diary has just been nuts and sounds like Nick's has too. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's been nuts. I mean, it's been nuts for two reasons. One, um, I think, you know, people have woken up again to the fact that things are happening. And so, um, you know, so that's, that's, that's been new stuff that's been coming in, but also Nick and we've been working on a, on a number of projects uh, over the last few months in, you know, pre-production basically. And then now that's all coming to fruition. But then one of the major factors for me was that I actually kept myself really busy throughout the lockdown. Right. And I'm now having to basically continue those things <laughs> and deal with the, with the normal workload at the same time. And so it's just like Nick, you know, over the last couple of weeks, I've been like, whoa, okay, hang on a minute. <laughs> You know, yeah, but, 100%. but yeah, I mean, the time management thing, it's, I've always found that difficult. <laughs> so that's <laughs> not news for me. It's not um, new. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you know, which is why, which is why I'm bullet journaling. Um, Nick, I've told you this, <laughs> it's just about, it's working out, but no, I mean, it's, yeah, it's been busy. Um, you know, I've been some, some late nights, um, you know, and some unfinished projects, but that's, you know, it's all, I think. I'm rather busy than not busy because I don't know what to do with myself when I'm not busy. I'm, That's the yeah. I'm like know. the worst person ever when I'm not busy, and things I know that about myself. And um, yeah. you know, I think if you if you that's why we did so much prep last summer and went out and filmed like maniacs because mm. I just knew I'm not gonna be good if I'm sitting around with nothing to do. Yeah. Um, and so yeah, it's weird. It's one of those things that. It's funny you say that because I, I remember there was a time where we were trying to get everything finished, all these videos finished. And I remember saying to my dad, I was like, ah, oh, it's just taking forever. I was like, they just seem so relentless. I'm like, I'm kind of getting, you know, I'm, I'm getting sick of them and it's, it's taking so long. And he was like, how do you remember where you, what you were like before this? He said, you wouldn't be able to do this if it wasn't for lockdown. He said, you wouldn't be able to work and do this at the same time. And I was like, he's got, a very good point 
we yeah. wouldn't we wouldn't have been able to create a side business if it wasn't for lockdown because the now being back at work i'm like how did we ever do anything before because of course you forget you just forget we're quite quick to forget sometimes and we forget what it was like yeah. before so yeah i hear you when you start a new project and you're doing something else during lockdown then real life happens again you're like wow how do yeah. i do these so yeah of course it's, it's tough I mean, the other thing that's happened, of course, is especially in my case, is that I've, it's a, you know, I've come to the realization that I needed to make changes in the way that I work. And so the whole lockdown experience has given me the time to actually, you know, take a step back and really think about the way I want to change my business, you know, in the future. Sure. So, you know, I've, I've really pretty much, you know, I've decided I don't want to go back to what I was doing before in a sense that, you know, I was shooting conferences and I was away for days on end and all that kind of jazz. Right. And, um, and so I figured that actually, you know, although I still want to do some of that, I, I certainly don't want to do it to the same extent. Yeah. And so I want to replace that and, you know, ex like explore other avenues. Um, and that's, I don't think I would have been able to do that had it not been for for the last year. Yeah. Because it w I just wouldn't have had, you know, you're trapped in this, in this, in this wheel of misfortune almost, you know, where it's like a rat race and you're just constantly like this hamster wheel, you're just constantly keeping the things turning and you, you know, you keep client, clients coming in, you keep completing projects. And so it just leads from one thing to the, to the next. And when you're really super busy, you don't really have the time to step out of it and take yeah. a step back and get the, get a wider view. Actually, I tell you what, a friend of mine did a really interesting thing, which I loved. He uh, tattooed 24 millimeters on his arm. Huh? And so okay. the reason why I did this was basically because he said like when things get super stressy, and everything seems to like, you know, fall into itself. What you need to do is take a wider view and get a wider perspective. So he looks at his tattoo and goes like, right, I need to take a step back. I need to take a wider view, you know, put a oh, wide wow. angle lens on and actually look at what's happening. And then armed with that knowledge, I can go back in and make changes. And I, I just, you know, I listened to that and I was like, yeah. That's, that's a, good. Yeah, absolutely. That's a great way of thinking. Yeah, that's good. And that's great. If it's if it's tattoo acts as a kind of reminder and a and a trigger to do that, that's that's yeah. great. Because yeah, I think we'll all be and, and I was thinking that I was trying to think that as much as possible when we we're having these dark days in the middle of February and it's mm. you know, horrible outside. I was kind of like, okay, there will be a time like you know, come on, you know that nothing lasts forever, you know, things pass. There will be a time where you'll be so busy again, you'll be moaning about it. So mm -hmm. just Try to get through it. So yeah, that's cool that he's got this visual reminder. That's cool. Yeah. And you've been um, super, I, super I just busy. wonder if twenty-four mils wide enough. <laughs> that's very true. <laughs> what type of sensor that. is it on? <laughs> well, <laughs> that's the thing. <laughs> very good. I love it. <laughs> Let's go for eleven mil, maybe. <laughs> I love it. So Hannah, you've been super busy because uh, you've just launched um, your own brand new learning platform, Learn With Hannah. Yeah, absolutely. I'm sorry. Someone's just going to open the door. So, <laughs> finally, it was, um, yeah, it was one of these things that we were thinking of doing. I mean, pretty much, I think, as we knew, um, as we said in the previous episode as well, is that, you know, last year, when all this sort of started to happen, um, so much of our work was uh, going around workshops. You know, we were kind of doing seminars. We were supposed mm. to go to the US. We were supposed to do all these things. And then when we were sort of looking at the scale of this thing, we thought this ain't going to happen anytime soon. And so we went, well, all right, so how can we find a way to keep doing what we like and to keep sharing information and doing all of this, 
Um, and so we decided um, when things did open up again, we decided to go out filming like maniacs to make tutorials of all the things that we probably would have taught on a workshop or we we also sort of asked people um, on social media so sort of, what do you what do you struggle with what is it that you want to learn you know what are these things that that you you really find in that are a problem for you in photography and uh yeah we came up with this with this list and like i say we just went out for as soon as we opened up i think we filmed the first one in july um and the last one in before the second lockdown in the middle of October. Um, so, because we were working in between that as well, but we were just trying to film, 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 and then we put it all away and didn't edit it at all, just left it, left it, left it, um, so that we had something to work on during lockdown if there was gonna be one, but I think we all knew, like you say, the writing was on the wall. Um, and yeah, it's it's been great. I mean, I, I, I'm we're super proud of it. It's been so much work. I can't, I can't explain how much work it's been, but then, that said, that is very much about the fact that it, you know, my partner and I, who the partner filmed it, um, and obviously, I've, you know, we, we've gone through the content, but we are such perfectionists, and we're we drive us, we drive each other mental because we just we're like, no, 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 it's not quite right. Oh, hang on, let's just redo, redo that again. We're like, you know, sometimes you have a balance of people where someone will be like, no, 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 that's fine. No, both of us are like, no, I can do that better. No, I can do that better. I'm like, okay, so, but it's. Good. it's a good thing because but when i'm saying we wanted it to be better we wanted it to be clear and i <laughs> i'm sorry <because laughs> someone just knocked at my door <laughs> the learning part of it we really did this from a perspective of this is what we want to do uh or we want to create so that it helps people to be a professional photographer. So it's the tool, yeah? Um, we didn't come at it from, well, we've done a couple of things that are a bit sort of like a bit more out there, mm. but the majority of what we did, we were like, okay, this, let's show people like what it's, an, uh, what it's like based on the experience that we have, um, you know, these 15 years of working in this industry and having a business that functions, let's show people literally what it's like from start to finish. So we didn't hire i mean there's a couple of times that we had professional models but the professional models were for portfolio builds for them we didn't hire them in pretending that they were normal people we had normal people some of the clients i hadn't even met before and we just turned up and filmed we sort of had this like agreement that are you okay if we turn up and do this we're going to be filming it and uh, yeah these people were really cool they're like yeah no problem so but i wanted that because i wanted to i wanted to people to uh, people to see how i interact with the client what I say, what I do, how it works for me. Now, I'm not saying that's the only way to do it. Of course not. But it was just a bit of a, I wanted it to be a bit of a fly on the wall. If you've not done this before, or you think <laughs> thinking of getting into another kind of genre or something like that, and you haven't got the experience of it, I wanted to do that too. I wanted to sort of like show people like a walkthrough. This is what it's like to be on location when it's windy and when it's about to rain and then the sun comes out and then this changes and then that changes and it's all over the place. So I wanted to show real life when things go wrong, everything else. So it's been a lot of work, but yeah, we, we're super pleased with it. We're really, really happy about it. So a lot of work, but worth it. I'm so amazed by the sheer volume of courses that you've already got on there. It's staggering from beauty portraits to corporate to flash to natural light. And, and, and the list is endless. And within those, you've got so many different um, uh, lessons or chapters, if you want to call them that way. It is one of the most in-depth tutorial websites to launch, I think I've seen in, oh, I can't, I can't express uh, how long. It's absolutely stunning. You. 
Thanks, Nick. I mean, that's that's partially my fault. <laughs> I'm saying I'm saying partially. It's completely my fault. Who am I kidding? No. But I, I what I wanted is that I thought the thing is I'm not I'm not ever going to cover a genre that I don't shoot because that would be hypocritical and ridiculous. Um, so I'm not going to suddenly suddenly start showing people this is how you photograph a wedding because I ain't got a clue. I don't know. I don't do that. But all the genres that I do cover, and it is that varied as well. And um, I thought. Who You know, our audience is broad. And the other thing is, too, in this day and age of how things have been for us, sometimes we might need to diversify a little bit. So maybe we didn't, maybe we're, we're a family portrait photographer and we never even considered shooting, you know, corporate before or beauty portraits or whatever it was. But now there's a skincare company and they want to have some uh, shots done and uh, they would really like you to do it. And you're like, wait, this is business. Um, I, I don't want to turn down business, but I just don't have any experience of doing close up beauty portraits like that. So I was like, well, let's just make a tutorial. And I didn't want it to be I wanted it to be sort of like a, a pick and choose. So you could go in mm. and sort of go, OK, what's relevant to me? And that's why there's two reasons. We didn't want to do subscription-based because I feel like with subscriptions, sometimes there might be a whole heap of stuff that you're signing up for that you're just not really interested in. It works for some people, of course, and it's, I'm not saying it's a bad model, but for me, I thought I'd rather people just went in and go, that's what I'm interested in um, and that's what I want to see. And the other thing too is that we're back at work, as I say. We're real life working photographers. So I don't have, I don't know if I'm going to have the time to generate content and guarantee people that this month there'll be x amount of videos i, I can't do that because i have no idea what's going to land in my inbox in the next hour and how busy i'm going to be so for us we just said right let's do it and you know my partner and my dad they're like why don't you launch it with five i was like nope the whole lot's got to be done <laughs> and <they're> like, <laughs> really and i'm like yeah can't. i'm like no it's all or nothing i'm like it has to be that either you go in and it's all there or there's nothing there i was like what's the point in launching with five or three and they were like mm. because maybe it's a start for people i'm like nah it's got to all be done yeah. <laughs> so yeah i did totally drive them mad and myself I, I i fully admit that but i'm pleased that we did because i feel like once it was out it's out and we're mm. yeah we can yeah. just you know work with it now and just update things and create more content as and when we want to rather than making promising things for people and then under delivering i would never want to do that you know what's interesting about this really is is that um pre-covid um you know it was always said that you know if you wanted to run a successful uh, photography business you know you'd have to niche down like you have to basically focus on the one thing and become extremely good at that one thing you know so if you're a headshot photographer you got to do just hatch a photography or if you're a wedding photographer, that's all you had to do. And what I'm sensing a little bit now is that people trying to, um, trying to widen what they do a little bit and, you know, whether that's going to work in the future or not is a different thing. But I, th I feel like right now, a lot of people are in the position where it's like, well, I've never shot architecture before, but Hey, if that's a gig, I'm going to give that a shot. You know, why not? And so I think it's, it's a, it's a really, it's a great um, variety of different tutorials on there. It's because, as you said, if you're like a, a family portrait photographer and you've never actually shot corporate before and you're thinking about maybe adding that to your business, then this is a it's a really good resource to go and actually learn how to do it. I hope so. And that's really nice to hear. Thanks, guys. I mean, but we try to make them affordable. So they're all 40 quid. Um, but we thought, well, you know, like we, we, we haven't done this like, you know, they wouldn't be 40 quid if we were out here to try and make this our income. 
but mm. it's it, we really and we as I'm hoping as Nick said I hope that you see that there's a a lot of a lot of lot of detailed content in there we even go through to the to the retouching and sort of everything because I thought I was like do you know what I always feel like sometimes with things that are out there there's just that little bit that people keep away and they don't show you um mm. now I am not the world's best retoucher by far and I say that um I'm, I'm very honest about it but I'm like look if you want to see how I made this image from beginning to end I'll, I'll show you and if mm. you don't want to know that that's fine or it might be that you would have done it a different way but if you really want to see how how i did it this is how i did it and it works for me works for mm. me enough that i have a, a, a successful enough business that i'm able to make this my living i'm mm. not saying i'm the best in the world by far i'm just saying that this is what works for me um to to run a business and if that's if that's what you want then great but i think if you the, the genres although they seem quite close some of them you might think oh it's easy if i do family portraits i can do corporate Hmm. it's not the same it's no. not the same or vice versa or you know how you the speed in which you work how you work your direction with people you're dealing with different people hmm. you can't speak to someone who uh you know like is uh, very short on time that needs to come in and get this done you can't speak to them, them in the same way that you speak to a family member that's bringing their kids in. It just isn't no. going to work, you know. Like, um, <laughs> I know that seems really obvious, but even the whole approach of how yeah. how you do it, like how how the speed, the process, yeah. how you communicate, like it, it's all different. Can you imagine like talking to a CEO in the same way you would talk to a kid at a kids' shoot? <laughs> <laughs> Hi. These flashy lights are going to go off, so don't worry. <laughs> One day I do that just for a laugh. Oh, there's a video uh, of that. <laughs> exactly. And they'll be like, who is this person? <laughs> Wicked. You know, I know all of your all of your courses on there are, are, are 40 pounds. But if those of you who haven't yet seen Hannah's work, go and look at it and then realise that 40 quid for one course is an absolute steal for the amount of information and the value of content that's in there. So I highly recommend getting on there and buying every single one of those courses as soon as you possibly can before Hannah realizes they're way too cheap and cranks the price. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> Thank you so much, Nick. That's super nice. Oh, that's so, so kind of you. Yeah, I mean, with as I say, we didn't, like I say, we, we, you can't be, of course, we've discounted bundles and we've done the full lot, et cetera. But, you know, for me, I just wanted to do, we just wanted to price it in such a way that it helped people because let's face it. Um, we just don't want to be sort of in a position where like, we're just, it's not like we're all had a hard time through COVID. Mm. It's like, yeah. we just want to, like, we thought, so, yeah, we certainly, it wasn't like we're pulling prices out of the air. But we thought, well, 40 quid is the price of it if you went out for a meal for the first time again. But it, the content, what we wanted to do is give value for money. Um, so thanks so much, Nick. That's really sweet of you to say. But we just wanted to cram it full of information and like there's something else and there's something else and you get to know this and that. Because I would love for people to, and oh, the feedback has just been, I mean, I don't know, it's just blowing my mind. That has been so lovely and so, so nice. And that's really kind of you to say. So uh, thank you. Because I'm, I am terrible at promoting things myself, really. Also, just, just uh, for clarification for our international listeners, if you don't know what 40 quid means. 
means 40 pounds. <laughs> 40 English pounds. Sorry, my terrible yes. Oh, that's right. 40 English pounds. Yes. 40 quid. Yeah, I'm sorry. My North <laughs> London comes out. So, and... so, Hannah, tell me, what is that in shillings? I don't know. <laughs> 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 oh my god i'm sorry i do apologize to my oh yeah the north london slang just it's terrible sorry oh. international listeners north london i used to, I used to live in Walthamstow for a while oh, did you? Mm. north london in it you know what i mean yeah lovely <laughs> see that's just me <laughs> <laughs> oh that's super nice guys I, no i really appreciate that and that's very kind of you to say um because i, I haven't paid them to say that guys anybody listening i, I just you know i swear to you <laughs> yeah. I have, yeah, they're not they're not being given given anything for this. So. <laughs> Official disclaimer: This video has not been sponsored by Learn with Hannah. But pro photo, if you do want to chip in, then let us know. If I was really smart, I should have thought about that, and maybe it should have been. <laughs> well, there you go. Well, if we'd been really smart, we should have thought about this. Never mind. Never mind. Always glad to help out. No, I mean, you know, um, obviously, you know, we saw you launch that. Um, a few weeks ago and uh, you know immediately you know we, we checked out we thought like well this is this is wicked you know so um you know it's not a pleasure for us to have you back on the show and talk about it because it's uh you know it's that sometimes sometimes things crop up that are really good value you know for people no matter whether they are just getting started and learning because you've got you know you've got like segments on there about uh about flash and about uh, high speed sync and stuff like that which, you know, could be really useful if you're just starting your photography journey or if you're at the point where you may be, you know, you're a hobbyist and you may be thinking about you might want to take it further. Maybe you might want to set yourself up as a business and stuff like that. Um, but a lot of the, the genre switching bits are really useful, even if you've been a professional for some years in a particular field and you're thinking about, you know, widening your approach a little bit. So there's just so much, uh, there's such a, so a wide range of, of stuff on there that just makes it a really useful resource, you know, so. Well, that's great. And thank you, guys. I mean, I think, yeah, I should probably say that we, um, there's, there's a lot of free courses on there, too. Um, you haven't got, it's not one of these places that is all about, oh, you've got to buy this and you've got to do this. Um, but it's, um, and what we, how we try to structure it is that um, we've tried to have the sort of fundamentals, as it were, um, available for free. So, um, mm. because what we found, what we started to find as we were filming is we thought, uh, if we go into every single little detail and explain this in every course, this isn't going to be very nice for people to follow if they're buying more than one course, because they may mm. already know it and all of this. So what we thought we would do is split it up. So we've got sort of lighting patterns, we've got high speed sync, um, We've got inverse square law, which actually isn't up yet, but hopefully, you know, we've got to move. So hopefully it will be in the next you know, week or so. Um, but all those sort of fundamentals that you know, we thought, let's give everybody the sort of foundation. So if they don't know what high speed sync is, for instance, mm. we don't have to go into it in every single tutorial. We say to people, go watch the free stuff first. And if you want to just leave it at that, that's fine. Hopefully that's something mm. that we may have helped you with. Um, but it means that then if you are if you are watching a course and then we say, right, we've gone into high speed sync, you know what that is in detail somewhere else. And we don't have to break it all down within that tutorial. So you're familiar with it. Or if I'm saying, you know, kind of about inverse square law, you've already listened or hopefully you've already watched that. Um, and you've kind of got a, a, a background knowledge of, of exactly what we're talking about. So, um, yeah, we put some stuff up for free uh, in the hope that 
Yeah, it would help people in, in some way to as a foundation before moving on or just a foundation in general for anyone that's like, hey, do you know what? I haven't really explored that in detail. I don't really know what that means. Let me take a look. Did you think, you know, what, another thing that's really that's really good about this is because because it's like a real life photo shoot and people are literally a fly on the wall and they watch you conduct the photo shoot. It's, you know, it's, it's sort of, um, it, it's partially about the technical, but it's also partially about the communication part of it. And yeah. of course, when you're as a portrait photographer, when you're shooting other human beings, the communication is extremely important. I mean, you probably don't need to talk to a still life, but when you have a person in front of you, it's really all about that. And oh, yeah. it's really brilliant to see, you know, to be able to see you or to watch you communicate with your subject because you can learn so much from watching somebody who's really, really good at, at, at that communication side of things, you know? You know, it's, that's really nice of you to say. It's funny because when I was on my work experience, when I was 16, which was forever ago, um, a photographer <laughs> said to me, he said, portraiture is 80% personality, 20% skill. And I was like, wow, harsh. <laughs> I was like, mm. that's a, but do you know what? Having grown older and understood it a little bit more, I kind of get what he's saying. Yeah, because, and he says portraiture, of course, like you say, still life, yeah. But if you cannot connect with your client, game over. You could mm -hmm. be technically the most amazing photographer in the world, but if that connection isn't there, it's written all over someone's face. Yeah, um, absolutely. So I can't say, it's definitely not, and I feel like it's not something that can necessarily be taught as such, because I don't say, to, what I'm not doing is going, what you need to say to your clients when they come in is this, this, and this. I'm just saying, hmm. this is how I work. So for instance, let's take the family portrait, for example. I'm uh, saying what I do, and I'm, I'm talking to the kids. The kids are all sat down. It was in October. They were excited for Halloween. I was asking them, what outfits are they dressed up in? Yeah, what are they going to dress up in for Halloween? And of course, they're sort of, they're engaged. They're, they're like, oh, they're all telling me. And then the next one wants to tell me. And of course, they've got like, they're really engaged in their expression. If I was saying to them, just smile, move a bit closer. Now smile, <laughs> smile. No, yeah. not like that. No, smile. As if they're going <laughs> to smile. So yeah. it's like little techniques, <laughs> things that I've just picked up from, from getting it wrong. And I feel like that's yeah. another thing that I want to make very clear is that um, this is the most honest <laughs> Uh, these are honest courses. So what comes up, my test shots that come up are the real deal. You are going to see things when I shoot them like that. You're going to see dust spots. If it's underexposed, I'm like, oh, look, it's underexposed. Or I'm going to be like, I'm just going to move that there and see if that looks mm. any good. And I take the shot and I'm like, no, it doesn't, does it? <laughs> or, <laughs> or I will just do things in real time. It's like you see my brain happening and you know sometimes where you think I'm going to set this light up what, and, and just do it. What we didn't do is go, oh, that looks terrible. Let's go back and refilm it again. Because it's like the, the idea is not to be perfect. The mm. idea is to show the process and to explain my thought process as to why I, that didn't work out or how I want that to be better. So there is no hiding. There is no smoke and mirrors. Literally everything is a JPEG straight off camera. And you will see dust spots. Like I say, you'll see it all wonky. You'll see what happens for me and there's no there's nowhere to hide i'm like that is that is real life that is what happens and that is what you're seeing so i wanted it to be very very honest and i just wanted people to feel that you're with me on a shoot and this is real um so if it's the case of that you're seeing how listening how i'm communicating with a client i'm definitely not thinking about that that's just what comes out my mouth based on how i am who i am and the experience that i have so 
hopefully people can might may take things from that or not i don't know but i hope so let's hope oh, they so. will it's a whole nother level of value to these these type of videos and you know you see you know to take any one of your courses there'll be another course out there that will teach you similar skills right but the majority of them don't have that and i'll use your word that level of honesty in there because you don't always see all the mistakes that happen while you're you're preparing for it and you get it wrong and yeah. it's, and and to be honest that makes you feel particularly when you're learning that I'm no good why why are they not making these mistakes why am I always making them it takes me 10 times longer to start getting there and the reality is that's not the case oh, <laughs> that's it's trial and error so right nick and that's lovely to hear because I, and and that I, that's what I've tried to do so much is try and go back to, and oh man, I still make horrendous mistakes. I still, well, as you can see in the courses, like, or I still do stuff and I'm like, oh, oh yeah, that doesn't look so great, does it? Oh, that's why. Yeah, and it, I've got the experience to know why, or I've got the experience to sort of know what I've done. But as you say, to just pretend that you set up and you happen to just put the light in the most perfect place and it was at the perfect exposure, <laughs> everything was wonderful, and then you go ahead and do and do it at home. And I, I also say as well, it's something that's very imp important to me that's in the, the start of all of the courses, is I say to people, it doesn't matter what gear you're using. It doesn't matter. Like mm. It does not matter at all. Just look up the equivalent of what I'm using. But also, we don't put the flash power settings in. And um, some people get up in arms about that. And I say, uh, it's a very clear thing that I say to people. I'm like, the reason we're not putting the, we put every other setting in, but it doesn't matter because half the time, I don't even know what the number is on the back and I don't care. I just need to know, mm. does it look all right or not? But if I say to you, for instance, if I was using a uh, 75 watt second light or something like that, and it's on power level five, now, if you're using a thousand watt second light and you put it on, on power level five, that is not going to be the same exposure. It's going to be so different. So what's the point in giving yeah. numbers and things like that, that you're going to go home and, you know, set this, oh, Hannah had this set to five and this one was yeah, on yeah. two and this one. That's not helping people. That's a, that's because it, it, you need to get to know what you're looking for well, that's your exactly. own equipment and so exactly. that was something that i'm sort of very honest about and just said look there's the reason why is not because we're holding something back we want to help you and it's mm. not a case of just doing it by numbers and it'll all be fine because yeah. every room every model what they're wearing what color backdrop is all going to behave differently even if yeah. you try to recreate the same thing so it's okay. learning enough to do it yourself it's, I mean, it's not only that, you know, people would have different equipment, but, you know, every little, every little detail makes a difference in the way that light behaves. You know, it might be, you know, somebody might have an umbrella that's has a slightly less reflective surface than the umbrella that somebody else uses. And, uh, you know, and so your settings are going to be completely different. It's, you know, it's tough enough to rely on the same settings under the same circumstances in the same studio every time. Oh, because yeah. that kind of keeps changing weirdly. I don't know why, but, you know, but. But certainly, like when you're, you know, when you're doing different shoots, you're using different um, modifiers, you know, different distances from the model. I mean, all of that comes into it. So yeah. whether your light is set to like power level five, that means nothing really at that point. That That's it. And I, yeah. I, I, I totally, that's it. I do totally understand 
why people kind of want to want to know that mm. because they sort of feel like it's a safety if i do this and i do the same thing it will be okay but i think that's the beginning of the downfall for yeah. people is 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 i i get it that it's like i just want to turn up and put the same settings in and get the same result yeah. but i'm very much i'm a i'm a hard a hard teacher in the way in the sense that i sort of am like no no i really want mm. you to do it yourself because the level of satisfaction that you will get when you do achieve it is going to be way above anything else that you would have got just by dialing settings in and hoping for the best. So, you know, my, my photography mentor back in the day used to say to me, like, you know, whenever I used to ask, like, oh, is this, is this like overexposed? And he was like, what do you think? Right, right. That's like, a good response. You know, it's like, oh, is this, is this under? What, what, what do you think? Yeah. Is it like, you know, is the whatever, you know, is the light up too high? And it's like, what do you think? Is it, yeah. do you think it's too high or not? It's like, that, that's mm. good. That's good. I think that is a good thing because, um, yeah. you know, like it's, and I, I'm very honest about that too, is that I feel like, okay, this is how I'm doing it to create what I'm what I'm creating. I'm not expecting everybody that's watching to love everything that I'm doing or agree with mm -hmm. me. Or some people might think it's too underexposed. They might've done it differently. They might have, I think it's a bit hot. That's fine. We're all individuals and that I'm mm -hmm. not saying this is, this is the perfect formula. It's like, I'll show you how to get here. From that point, you can pick it up with your client and take yeah. it wherever you want it. That's really important that, yeah, people can think for themselves and create for themselves exactly. too, for sure. But that, that's what people need need to do as well, is to develop your own opinion about something, right? Um, what you like as a photographer. You know, you could watch one of your courses and, you know, you could go, God, I don't, I don't like the way that that looks at this, this state. I just don't. Okay, yeah. that's great. Cool. You know that that is something that you're not particularly keen on, but you're going to now develop in your own mind okay, what would I do to adjust what I'm seeing here to put it more into what I perceive as being really, really good? And if you can get people to start thinking that way rather than go, oh, no, that's not the right way to do it. I don't like the way that looks. And then just leaving it alone. You're onto a winner then. Absolutely 100%, Nick, 100%. Yeah. Like I say, you know, I might have shot something or something might come up and they'll be like, I preferred it how it was before. Great. Great, because, but, uh, or they think, oh, I wouldn't have done it like that. I would have preferred it if the light was in this position. Great. I love mm. that because that's someone developing their style. And as long as they know how to do it, my job is done. It's, yep. it's, it's showing them how to create the results that they want. That's, for me, that is where my job lies, to yeah. show people how, give them the tools, over to them to just go make what they want. That's, exactly. that's how I want to teach anyway. It's, you know, you give, what's the word? You teach people how to fish or yeah. something like that. And then they go fish, whatever they say. <laughs> I can't remember yeah, something about give, fishing. You give the man a net and, or you give him a fish he eats for a day. You give him the, you give him the That's, tools, you give him the net and he eats for a lifetime. So yeah, exactly. Exactly. Cool. So out of all the tutorials that you filmed, because there's, there's so many different things that which one do you think was the trickiest one to film? Oh, that's a good question. That is a good question, actually, Kirsten. I mean, the most um, demanding, because um, we went off to Santorini, which was ridiculous, but it's a place that I've been and photographed and photographed mm. professionally. Ran a, I shot a campaign for ProPhoto under the immense amount of pressure. Um, so it's real stuff. Um, it, again, it's a luxury, but lots of people, you know, in some respects, because it's a destination shoot, but it's still something that I've had to do in my career um, and deliver and really deliver. Um, so I think the, uh, in terms of the, 
I mean, because we went all out, like we really tried, we, we, we shot in crazy locations. We got up at sunrise to beat the crowds and all of those tips are in there, where to go and, you know, why and when. And, mm. you know, because of this and that, we're sort of in and out by nine o'clock before crowds turn up. But the streets are physically demanding, um, you know, in kind of your up and down hills, carrying the kit, logistics of actually getting it filmed from the right perspective as well, because it's important to us that you can see where the light is, where this is, distance, mm. etc. Um, and uh, yeah, I mean, it's harsh. The light is, you're never going to photograph in anywhere more difficult, and, but yet more easy with Santorini. Mm. You can have the most incredible natural light if you know what to do with it. But if you want to shoot with those blue skies in the direct sun, wow, that's, um, <laughs> that's harsh. Um, but of course, mm. it's the physical effort of, of, of doing that as well in, the, in those conditions and, and all of that. So that was pretty tough. Um, uh, but in a in a nice way. I mean, it was like, oh, my heart bleeds for you. You go to Santorini, but I'm like, guys, seriously, we were dripping in sweat, and I was sunburned, and I was like, you know, it's kind of, we worked out asses off, but it was because yeah. you know, that's what we do. But um, yeah, it was still it was still wonderful at the same time. Um, and I think I think the ones that have been definitely challenging. Um, I had a shoot in London, a corporate location shoot, and it was like blowing a gale to the point that you would almost cancel in the morning mm. and I turned up there it was still windy um this is a client I'd never met before and um and then like but then it was windy then it looked like it was going to rain it didn't rain then the sun broke what now they've got sun pure sun but then down there where we're photographing <laughs> is in shade oh no the sun's gone in again oh the wind's back like it was just an that's, ah. just a, that's just a typical day in the UK, by the way, for all of our international <laughs> people. One hundred percent. For all of you, for all of you people who live in Arizona and have sunny skies all year round, that's what a day is like in London. Yeah, you just don't know what you're going to get, and that means that, you know, kind of you kind of adapt. And I hadn't taken anything with me. And that was the other thing. I hadn't taken anything with me to be shooting in the sunshine because it literally looked like we were going to have to cancel it because it, the weather was that bad. And then mm. boom, sun's out. So it's how do I deal with that? How do I adapt? Do I work with it? Do I not work with it? So I kind of, like, although I'm under immense pressure because I have to deliver, I quite like it because it just shows real life. So, you know, yeah. a lot of them were kind of a bit like that. It's like, okay, right, this is happening now. Okay, fine, you know. But that's mm. real life. Yeah, it's how it is. So I, I like that showing the side to it where you're just kind of like all right this is what we've got now <laughs> and that, that's now another important reason to to you know watch your your free tutorials that you've got available on 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 the website as well because they're all about the fundamentals and had you been in that situation and didn't have such a good grasp on all the fundamentals you may have potentially got I, I, I don't I know I don't know how to handle this situation I don't have to go, go I, I don't know how to work in this situation I don't know what to do to make this now um you know to get a good result but because you've got such a grasp on all of that you you work it through you work the problem you go okay if I do this that's going to happen if I do this that's going to happen but then if I counter it with that and, yeah, and so on and so on and so on yeah. you've got the results still even though the situation just completely changed. Yeah, for sure. That's that, absolutely right. I mean, because sometimes you, we've all been there. We've turned up at a shoot and something unforeseen has happened or you're halfway through and then something else happens. And it's hard sometimes, especially when you're first learning, to be able to adapt to think, is there a solution with what's just happened or do I have to stop? 
And there is nearly always a solution, but sometimes your headspace just isn't really there because you're so focused on communicating with your client or uh, where should my light be? And, oh, okay, now this has happened. I didn't plan for that. Now what do I do? And, you know, so the other thing is that I'm very fortunate. I've had 15 years experience of doing this every single day of my life that I've been in a lot of different situations. I still get knocked off my feet and go, okay, but... It means that when I have been in those positions in those situations, at least I've got some ideas for people that perhaps I would never have thought of five years ago, for instance. But because I was forced into it, I can say, right, this has happened. This is how I'm going to work with it now, which I would never have thought of a few years ago. Mm-hmm. So it's a fact, it's a combination, you're right, of having um, a background knowledge and also a ton of experience and getting things wrong. So you know, getting things wrong, so hopefully uh, people watching don't have to. <laughs> Yeah, the troubleshooting um, element is is really important when you're uh, when you're conducting a shoot. I mean, so many things can go wrong, and things go wrong that you would never thought of 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 planning for, or uh, you know, things that you would never even imagine could go wrong. I remember I was on a shoot. I was shooting a band one time uh, on a location shoot, and I was um, it was like an alleyway. I had them all posts and everything, and had my um, uh, seventy to two hundred. And just as I'm about to shoot, I'm realizing it's not happening. Nothing's happening. And so what had happened was the the glass elements inside of the lens had come loose and were rattling around in the barrel. And I'm like, what? Oh. What? Out of all the things, out of all the things, oh. I would have never, I mean, that's never happened to me before. It will most likely never, never happen again. But, you know, and so, so I had to shoot the whole thing with a different lens, obviously, you know. But at that moment, you're just stumped. You know, you're just like, I don't understand what's happening. Oh, yeah, that's it. And at least you had a different lens as the other thing too. Yeah. But I think if that was me, I would have been like, right, if you're broken and you're rattling around, smash yeah. it on the floor and really break it. Yeah, and of course, I mean, at the same time, you know, you've got your client there or your clients there. And, you, you know, you oh, yeah, don't want to, yeah, you don't want to be like, you don't want to come across as like, you don't know what's going on. So it's like, hey. It's like, oh, okay, well, I tell you what, I think I'm going to try a different lens on this because I'm th- I think the background's going to, the background compression is going to be so much better with that. Just hold your pause for one second, give me one second, I'll be back in right a minute. You know, and then it's like you just play over. And then, you know, yeah. of course, on the way back, you go, flipping act. That's an expensive bloody. <laughs> sweating and everything else underneath it. You're like, everything's fine, guys. I'm just going to try another angle. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so, Space is fine inside. You're dying. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And of course, you know, you think the dollar signs as well, or the, the quid pound signs. Yeah. You know, thinking like, that lens is going to set me back. That's going to be another 800 More than quid. I'm making for this shoot. Well, yeah, absolutely. 100%. 100%. <laughs> Uh, definitely i was like in the rest for that shoot for sure yeah it just <laughs> happens sometimes isn't it you know like lights blow over or whatever yeah. or the best one in the world you try to you know anchor them down with something and then oh look where's the wind and you're like oh great there goes yeah. not knows how much money but yeah it's just, it <laughs> happens to all of us you know and we shot on a boat in santorini how none of us or any equipment ended up in the sea i don't know but i was kind of like okay if we can, if we can make it to the end of the day without anything or anyone going overboard unintentionally yeah. then that was that was a positive but we, we did it yeah <laughs> <Worked> <laughs> yeah water and equipment that's not a good mix that's what I yeah. found. Oh, exactly. I'm like, oh, yeah, but it'd be great a shot if we could get it. It's worth yeah. it. Well, yeah, exactly. <laughs> so we've been looking at Hannah's videos on her Learn With Hannah platform. And one stood out specifically, and that was the high speed sync video. Now, Nick and I thought, well, we can use these techniques and create our own 
copy of your high-speed sync photos. So Nick and I went out to the moors and we uh, braved the cold to reshoot um, your video. And here's what that looks like. Hey, we've come out here to the beautiful moors of Rickmansworth and we're going to recreate one of Hannah's tutorials. It's all about high-speed sync flash. So since not everyone owns a Profoto lighting kit, we've taken our good old and trusty Interfit Honey Badger Unleashed. It's a radio flash, it should do the trick just fine, but we'll just get going, we'll see what we come up with. So we're gonna follow Hannah's instructions step by step, and the first thing we're gonna do is we're gonna set our camera to 2.8 aperture, and we're gonna be at ISO 100. And I'm gonna take just a test shot at the typical sync speed of a 200th of a second. So let's see what that turns out to be. So we're getting a white sky, and what that means is we're gonna to have to crank up our shutter speed quite dramatically. Ah, that's, that's perfect. Okay. <laughs> okay. So let's see, we're at about, actually we're at about 1250, 1250th of a second, let's have a look. Okay, cool, and our sky is perfectly exposed. Now, the foreground's gonna be super dark, and that's what we're gonna have to bring the flash in. Okay, now our badger is ready, it's all set. We're using a white umbrella, just like Hannah did in her video, and we're gonna set our flash to TTO. It's time to get dark out here. The sky's got some really nice colors in there, so let's see what we can do with that. We're just gonna give it a shot and see how it goes. guys seriously i can't that's you got such a good result it's better than vibe so i'm just like this is this is way better this is exactly what i love i love it when you get really good results like that what sky you only had some some nice weather out there i mean you're probably freezing like you said nick but that looks great you got such a good result i love it yeah, I tell you what, the sky was cool when we were shooting, but just as we oh. had packed up and we we're literally leaving uh, to, to drag all our gear back to the car, the sky turned into this really incredible purple and pink. Oh, of course like, it did. Of course yeah, it did. Yeah. <laughs> and we're like, and for, for a split second, I thought, hang on, let's turn around, let's set up again, let's do it again. But of course, by the time we, we would have done that, you know, it would have been gone. But Oh, it's, yeah, so, when, when it's like that, it's like that seconds at a time, it changes, isn't it? So, yeah, exactly. But I love what you... What what you did and like that's perfect it just and that's that's really nice because obviously um with the high speed sync video uh that was one of the free videos or is one of the free videos on the course because it's one of those fundamental things that 
once you understand it and you've got that base knowledge, I think it really drastically changes the results that you will get from your photography. Because yeah. if that sky hadn't been in all those rich, deep colors, you just wouldn't have, have been able to achieve if you had just been exposing from Nick. So um, especially wearing something dark as well. Like I, I, it's such it's such a great image. You've got such a great result. And like the work, it looks like you got to that result pretty quickly. And yeah, it's really good. I love it. That's so cool. This makes me so happy. I love it when people go out and get great yeah. results having just sort of, you know, recreated something. And I love that. That's so cool. Really good. We had some trouble, didn't we, Kay, to begin, just to begin with on um, uh, getting the right power for the for the honey pa- honey badger and it suddenly it suddenly the penny dropped go honey used ttl didn't she for that yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> i mean yeah. that's that's the thing that's kind of my yeah i mean i think that's that's always the thing so i i generally say to people um I, you know, I take a test shot in TTL just because it's kind of, for me, it's, it's just my version of using a light meter. It's like a quick, like, boom, like get something, a ballpark figure. Then I adjust it from there. Um, yeah, some, of course, if some people don't have TTL, the other thing that I say to them is sometimes is just whack it in the middle of the power range, take a test shot and see what you need from there. Turn it up or turn it down accordingly. Now, I know some people obviously really much or much prefer using a light meter. For me, it's just um, it's one of those unnecessary things for me in my work process that I can just bang it onto TTL, take a test shot and get something and then adjust it and fine tune it from there. But yeah, I can see how when you're not in TTL straight away and you're not really, it's not in the middle of the power range, you might be up a bit, down a bit, back. And that's where you could you know, make that argument that it would take a little bit longer. But yeah, yeah. test shot TTL, then switch it over, all good to go. I mean, what was good um, in, in a sense was that, um, you know, I don't, I mean, typic- I don't shoot in TTL typically. That's, yeah. it's, that's just not how I how my workflow works. No, um, yeah, I get that. Yeah. You know, especially especially because I don't usually do these I'm not a wedding photographer or anything like that. So I don't I don't typically do these type of outdoors portraits. Yeah. Um so you know when I do portraits I'm usually in a controlled environment. I'm in a studio, you know, and I uh, control everything. In my little home studio here, I know exactly what the settings are. It's, I don't really need to think about that so many times. But um what was interesting was that we were there at the time of day or sort of late afternoon, early evening, where the light was changing quite rapidly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I'm really surprised. Um, the, the TTL worked really well. So as the light was you know, starting to fade, the exposure, and you know, when I went through all the different shots, the exposure really stayed pretty bang on all the way through and you can see the the light in the sky changing over you know over time like over the space of like maybe 15 minutes ah oh, cool so you yeah. left it in ttl yeah we left it in ttl yeah ah, so we, okay what, cool yeah so what i did do was um i left it in ttl and i was just um i was just sort of um adjusting the ttl because you know you can you can do ttl plus yeah, point two yeah. before whatever yeah and so I was just adjusting it, and then I literally left it in there, and it just it it really just measured really well all the way through. That was really surprising to me. Yeah, that's really so. great. Yeah, I mean, uh, yeah. I'd say most of the time I take like a test shot on TTL, then I switch it over to manual, and yeah. then I do those manual adjustments. But yeah, I mean, there's totally no reason why you can't leave it in TTL, and I suppose. To a degree, it, this is probably where it might come down to uh, different systems may work a little better in TTL than others. Sure. Um, because, of course, that could, I mean, there's there's definitely been times when you've got to think about it. You know, sometimes 
you know, that's why I don't use it in the studio as much because, yeah, I mean, if you're photographing someone in a dark top and a dark background, it's going to throw way more light at it than it needs because it's yeah. reading the whole scene and going, this is dark, you need that much. And to my yeah. eye, you know, I know it's going to overcompensate for that yeah. um, in the first place. But, yeah, I mean, if you're out in a, a scene like that, then, um, yeah, I mean, as I say, different systems are like, you know, some will kind of blast it with too much light and people go, well, what's the point then? Um, but for me, you know, the system that I use kind of is pretty accurate and it sounds like it was for you guys too. So it's quite nice yeah. to just kind of pop it on you know, get a ballpark figure and then you, like you say, you can tweak it from there if you need to, but that's so cool. I, I love that. I love, love, love that you got such a great result. That's so cool. It makes me very happy. Very good. Well done guys. Yeah. So this is, this is the light that we used. It's, um, it's really, it's, it's quite an inexpensive, um, studio flash. Um, it's an, it's an interfit, uh, honey badger. It reminds me of the old alien bees, which is why, is why I like it so much. My studio space is really small. Like my camera space is really small. And so, mm. I need something, but I have a really high seating on one side. So uh, I need something that I can get as close to the wall and as mm -hmm. high up as possible. And the form factor on this just works better for me in this, in this space than, Brilliant. than, you know, flashes or, or lights that are shaped differently. So yeah, not quite interesting. Excellent. Oh, that's so cool. I love it. Really cool. And as I always say to people, it doesn't matter what gear you have, the principles exactly. are the same. So, yeah. and you've just proved that, which is wonderful. Absolutely. So really good. Yeah, hey, we, how I much mean, how much does the honey badger set you back? That's a very good question. Um, check it out, and the, the link is in the description. <laughs> I have no good idea. Save. <laughs> it's not. It's, oh, I've, oh, I've forgotten. Yeah, um, well Yeah. The reality I, this, is, I think though, is it's it's not that much more expensive than a, a speed a regular speed light, right? Uh, well, I mean, it depends because you can, of course, you know, you can. Uh, well, you don't have to spend a lot of money for, let's say, a young new speed light or something like that. Um, I think if you go for like, you know, um, you know, a Nikon branded, whatever, like a, you know, a brand branded speedlight that can set you back quite a lot of money. Yeah. Um, these ones, what I like about these ones is that they're battery operated. Um, they actually, you know, the power, like the battery lasts for quite a long time. They're really great to take on, um, on location shoots. We've, I mean, Nick, we've taken this out so many times for different yeah. Is it heavy, Justin? Is... No, not really. No, it's oh, not. that's cool. That's good. Yeah, that's right. I mean, it's, you know, it's cool. It's got badger on the side. I mean, come on. <laughs> <laughs> and it's called a honey badger, which is really cool. <laughs> right. And, and, you know, I mean, the the original honey honey badger has to pluck in a wall, right, with AC power. Ah. This one is the honey badger unleashed because... Ooh, ooh. Exactly. So, <laughs> <laughs> no, no, it works really well. It's, um, you know, it's, it's a radio flash. Um, the TTL, as we've learned... Seems right. to work extraordinarily well. I'm really surprised about that. That's um, really cool. So, you know, I like it. The one, we made a mistake, though. This is the one thing. So there's one confession I have to make. Because we, stupidly, I only took one of those out uh, with me. And uh, and I had another speed light in the car. And we just thought, I just it just dawned on me that I hadn't really thought about the kicker light, right? Was that the was that the royal we K? Just <laughs> no, I so yes, absolutely, yeah. Um, no, I hadn't thought about the kick light, right? Um, but uh, so we had uh, we had a speed light uh, which works on a different radio trigger and a different system, um, and so we were trying to combine that. We also had another strip box, so we, uh, you know, the idea was okay. Well, we could probably just just about do it, but uh, that. Uh, radio receiver didn't it just didn't work on high speed and uh, you know 
So yeah. it didn't work out anyway. So, but I think, you know, we managed to get a pretty cool shot even without the kicker light in the end. Totally. I mean, in all honesty, the kicker was just there sort of as a really um, something else that you that you could add. Um, mm. Just, you know, my model, Tom, um, yeah, dark outfit, similar to Nick, but we were um, not, we didn't have so much open sky. There was a lot of um, a lot of trees. I mean, it was just a terrible, you know, the location was kind of pretty terrible, but that was kind yeah. of the idea with us is that we were kind of like, well, let's turn up with the most bland sky you've ever seen in a dodgy park somewhere. The park isn't dodgy to be fair, but it's just like, it was just like a, <laughs> a, a park and people will, you can literally see in my test shots, there's a people, there's people walking their dogs and there's dogs in the background and stuff. But the point was to just demonstrate demonstrate that you can do this pretty much anywhere with whatever you have so yeah that's that works pretty well but yeah no I mean and of course I mean that's I suppose that is the thing that sometimes if you have a seamless system or you buy into one particular uh, system then of course it all speaks to each other much easier than it yes. does when if you're trying to yeah combine various things that, that, that kind of goes it goes without saying so of course there's going to be a few things like that that sometimes you run into problems but yeah. all in all i mean fantastic result you did a great job guys i love it really <laughs> cool. good really if you, cool. I the one thing i said the one thing that uh, the you know our listeners and uh, and viewers should remember that although we used um a studio flash we could have absolutely done this with regular speed lights there was oh, yeah. there would have been absolutely no reason um that we couldn't have done that. Okay, right. think, um, think about what, what was actually used there. It was a honey badger and an umbrella. That was it. That's that all it. that actually went into that photo in the end from a lighting perspective. That umbrella is, you know, you can pick one of those up for a tenner somewhere. Yeah, you can pick a stand up for a tenner and you can pick up a, a speed light for, you know, young, for 70 quid, 75 right? quid, mm. you know? So for less than a hundred pounds, you've got a lighting setup that would work there there was one interesting thing though that i discovered and it's only when i was uh, reviewing the drone footage because there's one frame where the drone was hovering right above this one frame where you can see um the the flash go off and you can see exactly the light spill and the shape that the yeah. light spill makes from the umbrella yeah. that's very very interesting that's uh, really cool i love i love to see things like that yeah, yeah. it's um yeah 100 percent though you're absolutely right nick i mean it's um I, I was saying to somebody the other day, I think, um, you know, when it comes to gear, um, a, a lot of people can get very, very caught up in in that. Um, the only reason um, that, yeah, I, I'm very fortunate to have the gear that I do. Um, and mostly, well, that's because I, I use it every single day of my life. Um, so as you progress and uh, you're, you're making money from your photography, I, I choose to, to reinvest it to make my life easier. So little things like, you know, the speed lights, sometimes I just even changing batteries and, uh, you know, stuff, you know, like yeah. little, little things like that. And oh. umbrellas that sometimes you put it down and you put it back up again and then the thing's pinged out. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, I've had them I'm, I'm, and I've got really good results with them. And I, I'm, you know, there's nothing, nothing wrong with kit at all. Oh. It's just that if you, if you upgrade and you choose to go for, uh, you know, go for the, the the different kinds of brands, and perhaps you you make more of an investment. The investment is so that it does last you, because yeah, or you just get to the point where I'm oh, man, I've been on plenty of shoots where things have you know in in previous years, um, I've, I've used stuff which uh, yeah probably <laughs> isn't the best made stuff, and it it's fallen apart on me on a job, or it's been embarrassing when the the soft box sort of falls off the front of the light because and I'm using gaffer tape to tape it off. I've done it all, you know, and then it gets to a point where you're like, okay, uh, this is the limit where I cannot, 
I cannot do this anymore. Yeah. But that doesn't mean that you know, that's just the practicalities of me picking it up, putting it in my bag, travel to the next job, getting it out again, doing this, doing that. You know, I just need it to work and I need yeah. it to be able to withstand the rough treatment as I give it. Um, but yeah, you 100% can just, you know, like you can use all sorts. My favorite thing as well is making reflectors out of tinfoil, out of silver, <laughs> silver foil. <laughs> yeah. like, why not, man? You know, like it's sure. reflective, it's silver, do it. You know, like there's, there's all sorts of things that you, that you can, that you can do. So yeah, yeah. absolutely. I don't, I don't think, um, I think, whilst gear having gear like that and to a degree it's 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 a luxury um yeah it's definitely it doesn't matter what you have you can get started with anything and make it work you figure it out it's for the longest time um i used to run my sort of corporate bet, uh, headshot business uh solely on speedlights yeah you know and the only reason why i switched uh, from speedlights eventually this is absolutely the only reason was because i really got tired of changing the batteries all the time that's, oh, that is it so the only benefit with it of course is that it probably takes up a little bit more space and it's a bit more heavy to carry now so yeah, there's absolutely. some roundabouts but yeah sorry i interrupted you Kirsten. yeah but that's exactly what i was going to say it's you know you you kind of um you know i think upgrading gear always has to do with like balancing out the kind of convenience with you know practicality and all the rest of it it's you know reliability reliability is a, is a huge thing because yeah. you know it's fine like speed lights are fine when you're shooting two three people in a company that's perfectly fine once you're shooting 40 people it's a different thing because then if you know you're going to have to change your batteries at some point most likely blah 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 and then it just depends on a number of factors so you know it you know, if it makes your life easier, then I mean that's how I think. If it makes my life easier, then I'm I'm interested. Yeah. <laughs> no, if not, then your shooting style as well. I mean, I shoot like a maniac. Um, so like I need I need I'm very quick. I do everything fast. I talk fast. I eat fast. I drive fast. I do everything fast. Um, yeah. but especially you know corporate turnaround and stuff. Half the time people come in and you're like, you need to get this quick because they've got to go on somewhere else. So even things little things like recycle time, having something that recycles really quickly enables me to shoot faster to get yeah. it done. But again, these are these are luxuries. These are the reason that I've ended up with the kit that I have. Um, but they're, they're luxuries. They're not, it's not like you can't do it without it for sure. It's, it's certainly not a barrier to get started. That's the, that's the thing. Very good way of putting it. And, yeah. and far beyond getting started as well. You know, it's for years you can work on, you know, the, just speed lights. There's no reason. Yeah. There's just no reason to upgrade until you get to that point where they are, it's becoming inconvenient with whatever their lowest issue is. If you know what I mean, like changing batteries every every 10 people that come through in a headshot session, mm. you know, that's, that's rubbish. You, you could be changing free speed lights at that point. Yeah. The, the, like, thing was, the thing with speed on. lights was, you know, the thing with speed lights was always that when the battery charge was sort of starting to dim down a little bit, then, you know, the power output the was, power was kind of inconsistent. So there's another issue when it comes to editing, because you get adjust for that later on. And that can get a little bit tiring, especially when you're doing a volume shoot, you know, yeah. Um, where you can't really rely on the exposure being the same all the way through. That's like, ugh, exactly. You know. exactly. Um, so that's, you know, that's a number of, sort of pra pure practicalities, um, practicalities to it. And also, I mean, who wouldn't like a bright yellow flash? Come on. <laughs> it just looks cool. That's the thing. <laughs> I mean, you'd definitely be seen. That's for sure. <laughs> well, exactly. You know, so Love it's it. all cool. I really, really cool guys. I really, really love that. And it's, it's so, it's really lovely for me to see because you kind of, uh, yeah, I remember the day that we, we filmed ours. It was just like, oh, you know, just have to get everything done really quickly. And, um, 
we didn't have the luxury of choice as to where we went, et cetera. We just were like, had to smash it out. So to see that even though, you know, we didn't have the most aesthetically pleasing uh, backdrop and stuff like that, it doesn't matter what I did. You got the process and then applied that to a much nicer, uh, a nicer result and a nice, you know, a great, a great location. And uh, yeah, great. So really love it. Really cool. And it's free. It's a free course. So just, yeah, exactly. go nuts. Exactly. Yeah, but it just goes to show like how much you can learn, you know, from, from a course like that. And um, this particular style of, of, um, of shoot, you know, with this guy in the background, you can get some really good results because you can really, you know, using this technique, you can really make the sky look great. And, you know, you, this guy everywhere. I mean, that yeah. would have looked great also um, on a cloudy, on a cloudy night, for example, yeah. you know, so you can really get some drama into the clouds and stuff like that. You know, this is this it. fantastic. Exactly. I mean, I think once I sort of understood the concept of high speed sync and, uh, and off camera flash, it kind of, it really changed how, you know, my photography and my style of photography. Um, whereas before I was probably limiting myself quite a bit. Um, but it, it sounds, I always say it sounds more scary than it actually is. You know, like it's one of those technical things where people start going into, I, I feel the same with flash duration. I feel like that's another one that sounds like horribly technical and people are like, oh God, and it just makes you fear like, oh, it sounds horrible. But like high speed sync and you know, this is how it works. And it's like, oh, hold on. If you just simplify it, it can radically change your results, which is great. So, and you just proved it, which is great. So really good. Exactly. Love it. Well done, guys. Nice job. Okay. You, d you did the edit on, on that. Was there anything to note on the edit that's worth sharing? Um, I mean, the, the one thing I would say is, is that, you know, as always, um, dialing in, you know, making sure that the, 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 setting, the settings in camera are really where they need to be when you're shooting the image uh, and, and you're taking a little bit of time of really making sure that, that your flash settings are where they should be will save you a ton of time later on. Um, if I'm totally honest, the, the the raw image coming out of the camera didn't look wildly different from the final edit that you've just seen. Uh, there really yeah. wasn't, you know, the, uh, other than the fact that I've realized I've got some dust on my sensor, that's great and that, that's another thing that I sort of try to bang home as much as possible is that the more you can get it right in camera just I mean it's probably because I'm a lazy editor like I just don't I don't want to sit at the computer for hours and hours plus I haven't got time to plus you know I kind of I'm like I want to be out there shooting and making money I don't want to be sitting there you know editing exactly. pictures for three years so totally I think the more that you can get it right in camera and it's looking good then any edit from there is just a little enhancement or a polish, yeah. I would say, rather than like having to rescue something. It's just yeah. It's yeah. a huge difference. So that's really nice. You know, the thing I would I would mention, you know, whenever anybody watches any kind of tutorial video like this, you know, the settings are just ballpark settings. It just happened. It so happened that in the end, um, the settings that, that I used were exactly the same settings that you used. So, you know, 1250, um, you know, shutter yeah. speed, blah, blah, blah. Um, but that really was just coincidence because, and that was, that really just had to do with the amount of residual light in the sky. <laughs> yeah. You know, when we first, when we first set up, um, my shutter speed was probably closer to three and a half thousand, something like that, because mm -hmm. it was still brighter at that point, you know, but by the time we had everything set up and the cameras were set up, blah, blah, and you know, all that jazz, um, the light had come down a little bit. So at that point we were exactly at 1250. Now you got to 
really just look at the basic principles, you know, the idea of taking a test shot, realizing that the, the sky is blown out, you know, then exposing for the sky, whatever that may be. It may be 1250, it may be two and a half thousand, whatever the shutter speed required to make that sky look good. And you take that as a starting point to then bring in the flash and then expose your subject and then get that level right. And then you balance the two out. So if you can do that in camera and just spend these extra few minutes doing it there, it's going to save you so much time later on when you're editing. Um, so you know. true, so true. And I think that's the thing initially, you know, whenever you're shooting outside like that, um, depends how you're used to shooting as well, but um, as every part of you wants to expose for the model. Because you know, every part of your brain's going, I can't see them, I can't see them. But it's like, that's okay, that's all right, because the flash is going to light them up. That's yeah, all right. Exactly, that's right. Yeah. Background. So, um, so, yeah, once you can sort of shift your thinking over to for your initial test shot to get those background settings, is don't worry about the model. Of course, they're going to be a silhouette, but that's why we're using the artificial light to light them up. But, yeah. you know, if you're a natural light shooter or have been up until this point, your gut instinct is going to be to expose for the model and blow out the sky. So that I know yeah. I know some people that make the transition over, it, it takes them a few goes to go, oh, yeah, but it's too dark. It's like, it's okay, it's all right that it's too dark. We're gonna bring <laughs> yeah. something else in. That's all right, it's all gonna be okay. Um, so yeah, that, that's you're, you're right. Once you've got that sort of background exposure nailed and then the, the flash exposure nailed, boom, yeah, home yeah. and dry. Exactly. And I think, you know, the more, the more often you practice these sort of things, the more, um, accustomed you get with the fact that you are in control when it comes to shaping the light. And that's not only as far as the light power is concerned, but it's also um, you're in control over how you want the light to fall on the model's face, for example. Mm -hmm. You know, one of the things um, that I spent maybe, I don't know, maybe three minutes doing <laughs> was, you know, I moved the umbrella so that I had it in the exact position where I wanted it to be because yeah. I wanted, you know, I wanted um, Nick to be lit in a certain way. Uh, obviously, I looked at your original image and I kind of thought, okay, I'm going to emulate that as much as I can. And then, you know, I had to move the umbrella and the light stand to the point where I had it exactly in the right position where I could get some feathered light, you know, falling across on the, on the far side of the face, blah, 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 blah. You know, so um, you spent these extra three minutes just thinking about, okay, what's the light doing? Take a test shot, you know, look at it. You're like, okay, where's my shadow? Where's my line? You know, do I need, what do I need to do to bring that light over to the other side of the face or something? You move it around, you know, one really good thing in your video, actually, and this is something I feel nobody ever mentions in any of those tutorials is the ground spill. Uh, like, that's, like yes. that, absolutely, you know, because you set it up at the, I mean, naturally, instinctively, what I did was I set, I set the, uh, the modifier up in the way that I would normally set it up in a studio, you know, so, yeah, of course. you know, and they were kind of probably, I mean, roughly speaking, probably at a 45 and 45, you know, 45 degrees and 45 up sort of yeah. a thing, you know, standard yeah. kind of, standard kind of shot. Yeah. I was set up. So, and then, uh, but then I realized I'm actually getting quite a lot of ground, like, you know, like I'm getting a lot of, uh, a lot of uh, light on the ground. I didn't want that. So in your video, you then started raising the uh, the umbrella up exactly, and that's exactly what did the trick. So, you know, it's just thinking about all of these different things, like really thinking about okay, what's hap what's the light doing? Where is it falling? How is it hitting the model? What's it doing to the environment? And what can I do to change that in the way that I wanted? to change you know so definitely yeah i mean i think i i'm of a similar kind when i shoot in the studio my um ceilings are white um mm. so most of the time i'm kind of like angling my uh what are they called lights yes well done hannah uh, angling my lights <laughs> down 
going well. Um, so I sort of, I, put, I do angle them down. But of course, when you're shooting outside and doing a full length, as we noticed with that video, I was like, okay, I like the light on Tom, but I don't want to light up a big little weird patch of grass as yeah, well because it just exactly. doesn't look very doesn't look very natural and doesn't look so good so yeah i mean those but i totally get it and to be all, all honest in all honesty i i didn't always used to do that it's just something because my brain wasn't um probably uh in the right headspace to look for it um because i was used to shooting in the studio um but there is this thing as well is that once you feel once you, of course once we all feel a little bit more comfortable with what we're shooting that does enable us to then like you say cousin look at the light on the face look where, where else is the light going is it affecting anything else so whereas at first you're just kind of so like uh is it working is it in the right <laughs> yeah. is it in balance you know sometimes you don't always have always think to look for the other things so mm. again i think that's just something that comes out over time that um, you wouldn't necessarily think to look out for that the first time you're out because yeah. you're just going oh good it works and it's balanced or something um yeah, but yeah exactly. over time yeah these are little things that yeah, i think that's why i mentioned it you sort of you're always in a difficult scenario of how much information to share at once because i always believe that you should deliver one message at a time um in order for people to sort of try and process it um so it was a little bit like oh but then i thought well you know it's just angling it up a little bit so it doesn't spill on the ground if that that might go over some people's heads the first time around or they might get it the first time around it, it, it everyone's different but i'll mention it and hopefully it won't be too too confusing yeah. but yeah that's cool oh that's good that's really cool um, but yeah at first you sort of look at it and you're like oh this looks all right and you're like, oh, wait a second this is a weird patch on the floor <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah it exactly does, it does take time you you know you, you think of it okay where's the like ha happening vertically where's the light happening horizontally Okay, it's too much in the lower lower end of the image. Okay, what can I do? I can either raise it so that the light goes higher, or I can keep it the same height and adjust the angle of the light. So you're in effect raising it up as well and just shifting it. Okay, I'm looking horizontally. Okay, it's too dark on one side of the face, too much contrast. What can I do? You move the light around, you just simply move it around, or you might need to twist it. And that's it. That's really all that comes down to. There's not much more than that. Um, and that's the way I think about it. I keep it as simple as possible in my head. Otherwise, I go a bit mad. A hundred percent, Nick. That, and that, but that is just it. I don't actually, I, I realistically don't. I, well, how you just described it, I don't think it is any more complicated than that. I think people can sometimes try to make it sound more complicated than that. Yeah. But ultimately, that's what's happening is it's like, okay, well, is it happening this way? Is it happening that way, the way that I want it to? If not, you know what to do to change it. As long as you know what yeah, to do yeah. to change it until yeah. you get to the result you want. The end. Exactly. Finished. And of course, you know, with experience, you learn different lighting styles and um, different lighting techniques. And, you know, you kind of, you get an idea of how different modifiers effect or affect you know the image and, uh, and and all the rest of it and of course you know one beauty dish is different from another beauty dish and blah oh, yeah. blah and you know mm -hmm. all that kind of jazz so it you know it pays off to just experiment around with it a little bit like i know for instance in my studio that you know when i when i shoot a headshot and i use sort of a typical kind of clamshell beauty lighting you know with a beauty dish uh, there's there's two things i look out for um there's no three things i look out for really like you know do i get any highlights on the forehead you know where's the shadow uh, between the nose and the upper lip, you know, is that in the right place? And how much light do I get under the chin? And do I need to bounce some light back up there? That's those are the only three things I look out for. If I've got that right, then I know I'm pretty much 
ballpark where I need to be, you know. And exactly. And as you say, over time, the more you do it, the more you pick up on these things much faster as yeah. well. So you yeah. kind of you get to see it quite quite quickly and you, you adjust it much quicker as well. But it's all right if you do your first shoots and then you realize when you get home, oh, actually this, that's learning. That's yeah. learning from your mistakes. And, you know, I mean, yeah, of course, whilst we would all want to get it perfect the first time around, you know, life is life and that doesn't always happen. And, you know, yeah. sometimes I've learned some amazing, mis- from amazing mistakes. I've just gone, wow, never going to do that again, which is <laughs> life, yeah. part of learning, it, right? Just don't, don't you find that you you learn more from making 10 mistakes than you do from getting one thing right? Very well said, Nick. Do you know what I mean? It, you quote yourself and put that on Instagram. <laughs> <laughs> Make a T-shirt. Yeah. yeah. It's just really crap if that mistake happens in front of a client. That's, you know, very... Of course, of course. But that's why I say to people all the time, I'm like, whilst you can go and watch a tutorial or, you know, do something like that, I'm like, okay, this is the first part. That's great that you've watched the tutorial, but now you have to go and do that again and again and again and again and again so that you know it inside out. So you feel so confident in your ability to then be able to go and get the result that you want because the next time you'll be the client, another part of your brain is going to be needed to direct them, to communicate yeah. with them, to keep them doing what you want. And, you, and if, you, if you're then thinking about light patterns, light spill, exposure, background, posing, communicating, like sometimes you can get completely overwhelmed. So yeah. practice, yeah. practice. And the important thing, of course, there is like in a real life situation when you have a client standing there, I mean, in, in, in our case, you know, it was Nick um, who was, you know, who was being the model. So that was all cool. But um, you know, when you have a real client standing there, you know, you don't really want to get stressed out about all the technicalities of it, because what you actually need to do at that moment or at that point is make the client feel comfortable. So that's where you need to be able to focus totally on the client and get the banter going and make them feel, yes. you know, make them chill out. And so they relax and, you, you know, that's, that's the main focus once, once you're, you know, once you're standing opposite your client, if you, if you then, you know, if you're at a point there where you start thinking about, I'm not sure what the angle of my light is right. You have a problem, you, you know, that's why doing, you know, practicing all that beforehand is such a good idea. And when you get an opportunity to, um, you know, to get information in the way that you've, that you've done it on your platform, where it's, it's really concise steps that, that you can actually, you can follow, then it's just, you know, I think what's, what's proved this to me in, in our little remake was that it was so easy to do. You know, it was so clear. All the steps were really concise and we just went out with it. went like, okay, well, we'll attach it off the sky. Okay, which is settings. Okay, expose for the sky. Brilliant. Okay, now we're bringing the flash in. Yadi yadi. You know, move it around a little bit. Move it up. And literally, we were ready to to uh, to shoot within, I don't know, Nick, how long did it take? Five minutes, maybe? Yeah. Yeah, Not probably even. slightly longer just because it was so damn cold. You know? <laughs> yeah, Some of us didn't really. have big jackets on. And you're on. filming it and all that as well. Oh, yeah, 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 sure. yeah, of course. And yeah, no, that's great. Um, I think I'm a very, everyone learns differently, of course, um, but I'm a very uh, logical thinker and um, a very visual person. Um, so I'm kind of, it's a little bit weird in that respect, but I like to do things that make sense in a logical order. As I say, when, if you're delivering information, I feel like it should be one point at a time. Yes. Those points might affect each other, but if we understand what each of them are doing individually, then we can see how they work together. Um, 
And also visually, I like to see, I'm not very good at being told, well, if you do this, this and this, something, something, this will happen and this will happen. I'm like, well, just show me, just show me what yeah. that looks like. Um, exactly. So yeah, it's just, I mean, but that's just me. That's just the way that I learn. But I think what's, what's nice is that I think a lot of creatives and a lot of photographers, um, I think we must all learn, in, well, being visual people, we must learn in a very similar way. So I hope that my translation of, how I do things in that kind of not, it's not like, it's not like a formula where you can just dial it in and it'll work. It's not that it's the learning process is a step-by-step step. do this, then don't worry about that. Then do this and then stop panicking about the other things, then do this. And then, Oh, look, you got to the result. Whereas if you start off going, Oh, I did this, but wait a second, because we're going to add this in now, if we do that, that will affect this. But sometimes that you're, you're just going to end up in such a scramble that you're going to be like, I wish I hadn't started this. So for me, the learning should be, like let's not panic let's do this part let's worry about the next part and let's worry about the next part and oh magic we got there um so it's, it's a logical way for me to teach sort of life of affair oh it's the right way to teach as far as i'm concerned it's the only way i can learn it's is to see things in that stepped kind step of step. Yeah. logical kind of kind of order and this this is why you know, when when I was first learning as well, I said, like, "All right, so it's twelve fiftieth of a second shutter speed." Okay, ISO one. All right, no, that's actually relevant at all. The relevant part is that you need to be at twelve fiftieth of a second to get the sky to look like that. Exactly. Because of, that's it. If you need to go to, if you you're at one fiftieth of a second for somehow to get the sky to look like that, then that's what it needs to be. It's as yeah, simple exactly. as that. The numbers else are irrelevant. Yeah, so, so right, Nick. I mean, it's um, you know, that's that's the thing with settings is that, of course, it's like it, it really, it, it that's just I, I say what they are based on what I'm doing at that point in time, knowing that as, as similar to you guys, if you shoot at that time of day, it's going to change. It's going to change by the minute. If you're shooting a sunset, blimey, yeah. you better be on it because. Yeah yikes that is changing by the second literally so you're going to be like well how i started versus where i finished you're going to be over here but as long as you know what to do and why then you're good so that's it so yeah okay let's say we'll be shooting a sunset and we're starting off you know with a really high shutter speed because it's so bright by the time we're finished and it's gone down over the horizon there's still some great color in the sky but we need to be down at something like a 60th now because we need to let more of that light in as long as we understand we know what to do it's fine it's good so i'm really pleased that you mentioned that because you're right it isn't just a kind of cookie cutting and kind of like copy and paste yeah. it's it's just like, okay, that's what she did based on those those conditions at the time. How do mine compare right now? Oh, it's actually brighter. I need to be at a faster shutter speed. Great. Do it. Perfect. <laughs> so, Nick, which one of um, Hannah's videos are we going to recreate next? I'd say maybe the Santorini shoot. <laughs> oh, yeah. Can we do that in, in, can we do that in Slough, though? <laughs> <laughs> you might be surprised I well, you get a good sunny day i mean yeah. you probably see even at the end of that high speed sync uh tutorial we also did it on a bright bright sunny day in the middle of summer as well for complete contrast you know we did one in the middle of the autumn and one in the middle of summer um but yeah i mean the, the principles are the same get a big blue sky polarizer bang you'll get a great result so maybe can i just say it? that I, I can criticize slough like that because i grew up there so <laughs> maybe yeah. maybe we should shoot it as Santorini's pizzeria in slow. <laughs> <laughs> Worth a go, guys. Get a little hey, bit of Let's good. do it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, oh, just 
Yeah, yeah. wide angle and bring a little Greek flag right close to yes. it. Like some guy, kind of white polystyrene cup in there as well. And yeah. you know, a bit of sky. Is how we're getting creative. I'll tell you what, Kate. No, we'll 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 go to St. Albans and we'll make Hannah be the model so she can actually be in front of the camera for a change. She would die. <laughs> I'm off for the rest of the year, guys. You won't see me again. Like, <laughs> it's my, it my actual, uh, yeah, I don't know what, I mean, that's why I said to you, Nick, like, it's just well done for being a model because I can't, but I can't stand it. I, I just, it makes me so uncomfortable. Mm. But that said, that's a reason to do it as well, because I feel like sometimes when, you know, it's like if I've got to have like another media shot taken or something and my partner's mm. doing it, I'm like, I hate this. I hate everything about it. And it, it just reminds you how your clients feel. Yeah. I got a really nice email the other day, um, or it was actually a tweet that a guy had put out to say that he was quite nervous on his arrival, but by the time he left, he you know like he he, he completely turned it around and he was really pleased with his photos. Mm. But not to say that to blow my own trumpet. I, I was in what I was fascinated by is there was a big, tall, confident guy walked through the door. I didn't pick up a sense that he was nervous, mm. nothing. And then he goes and puts that out on a public platform to say that he was nervous. I was like, wow, is this the same guy? Because he hid it so well that I just, I was like, wow, if he was nervous, he seemed fine when he came in. So it just shows us sometimes people are good at covering up. I mean, due mm. to the nature of his job, he's very, probably very good at covering up you know, how he's actually feeling and just, mm. you know, doing it anyway. But it is good for us sometimes to go to the other side of camera to remind ourselves that it's quite intimidating having your pitch done. Just yeah. it's, it's just being the other side, isn't it? I don't know. Absolutely. So what, what I've heard there is that you will be in front of the camera for it. I mean, uh, yeah, I mean, I think you might just be selectively picking bits there. <laughs> I'm, I'm oh, joking. God. I mean, it's, oh, yeah, yeah. You probably have to, yeah, drag me kicking and screaming. But yeah, I mean, never say never, guys. You've got to put your money where your mouth is sometimes. <laughs> so whilst we're going to be thinking about uh, which other uh, photographic technique we're going to copy next, um, Hannah, what else is there for people to experience and to learn on your uh, Learn with Hannah platform? Uh, well, I mean, to start off with, I would say to everyone listening, there is um, there's free stuff on there. Uh, as I've probably mentioned before, um, the fundamentals are the free courses, and they are literally free. So um, we've got high speed sync, uh, we've got light patterns, uh, inverse square law. You know, we'll, we'll be adding to those as well. Um, but in terms of, is we're just broken it up into different genres, so it can be anything from uh, there's corporate work on there, there's athletes, there's building a model portfolio, there's beauty headshots, like shooting in the summer, like a family portrait outside in a lavender field. Like there's literally all sorts of things that are, are covered. Um, and I wanted it that way so that, you know, it can be quite selective over what it is that you particularly want to learn. Um, so, yeah, um, and also, so definitely check out the free stuff because it's free and who doesn't have free Um but also for any of your listeners as well, we have got a discount code. Um, so all you have to do is just go ahead and go through the checkout process of um, whichever course that you wanted to buy. And then right at the end, um, there's a little box where you can say, you've got a promotional code. If you pop into that box, camera shake 10, 
and that is the digits. So all lowercase camera shake and then one zero. Um, that will take 10% off for any of your listeners as well. So it bring, makes it even cheaper, which is what's not to love about that. <laughs> okay, fantastic. That's awesome. Thank you. Awesome. Thank you so right much. So remember, go over to Hannah's website. Uh, the website is learnwithhannah.com. Is that right? That's it. Perfect. Perfect. So head over to learnwithhannah.com, you know, pop in camera shake 10 and you get to save 10%, which is wicked. Now, whilst you're at it and you're typing along in your browser, why don't you head over to camerashakepodcast.com, hit the join our community button and join us because we've got lots of goodies coming up for you too. And that'd be awesome. You'll be part of one awesome fraternity, I was going to say, community. Um, lots of stuff happening in the future. And, um, and once we're out of this lockdown shebang and once people can actually meet up again, then we're also planning some get-togethers in the future. So, you know, keep watching. Um, hopefully we see you again next Thursday. That's, that's us for today. See you next Thursday. Bye.